And now, Lord, I pray, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us, Lord, that your word would be spoken this morning and your word alone received. I ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We are, we are an impatient people nowadays. Um, if you don't believe me, um, this is how I'm going to prove it. I'm going to slow way down the speed of the sermon. Anybody squirming yet? Yeah, yeah, it's like, God, let's go, got to get out of here. Okay, no, I'm not going to do that. But if you don't believe me that we're an impatient people, then I suggest you try a couple of things. Get, watch a movie that's 30 or 40 years old. I, I can't sit there. It just drives me nuts because it's like, come on, move it along. The scenes are long. They're drawn out. Nowadays, we're used to chop, 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 chop. You know how they go? I switched to a new computer a few years back. I don't recommend it. It's very fast. It's blindingly fast. It's great. It boots up instantly. I don't have to wait for it. It's always waiting for me. But the problem is I've got my old, still got my old laptop, and I need it once in a while to find something that I didn't transfer over, and I can't stand it. It just drives me crazy. I can brew coffee while it's booting up. <laughs> you know, it's just, okay. I think you get my point. We're, we're used to the speed now, or the blinding quickness of things today makes us intolerant of delay. Somebody said this, uh, patience is like a muscle. It, it grows with exercise. You pray for patience, and God is going to give you a bunch of things to make you wait. I mean, that's just, it's, it grows. But today we don't get a lot of workout for that patience muscle because everything's designed for instant, instant, right? Right now. New tech, it's great. Here, let me give you another quiz. Here's a quiz this morning. You walk into the Starbucks or some other coffee bar. How many people have to be in line for you to just turn around and leave without ordering coffee. <laughs> I'll give you my number. My number is three. I'll, I'll be four, but I won't be five. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> All right? Are we impatient? Are we impatient or not? Or anybody been in a big airport lately, like Charlotte or Chicago or something? I've been in Portland where the TSA pre-check line was longer than the regular line. Why is that? Costs a hundred bucks or something to get your known traveler number. I've got one. Now, so many people got them. Why do they get them? Because they are impatient. <laughs> they got to get through the line to the gate, right? Examples abound. We've got MP3, MP4 instead of CDs and DVDs, which long ago replaced tapes. Many of you don't even remember tapes. Why? Well, partly, a lot of reasons, but partly it's speed. Nobody wants to rewind a tape to get back to watch something. We want to watch what we want to watch or listen to it right now. We have one-button dialing, voice recognition, Google instant search. You can find, access any piece of information you want. Was it David Brooks? Somebody on the New York Times wrote an editorial a few years back, Google is God. Because where else can you just with one little question get the answer from the whole, whole wide world all at once? Google. We've got Amazon one-click buying. What a miracle that is, and same-day delivery. Okay, you get my point. A lot of it's innocent, I think, but not all of it is innocent. I think impatience may be 
partly behind the fact that today there are over 17 million couples living together in the United States outside of marriage. That's 34 million people. Is about 10% of the population are living in unmarried relationships. That's interesting, but it's more interesting, I think, that it's tripled in the last 20 years. 20 years ago, there were 6 million couples. Now there are 17 million. What's going on? Well, I think it is in part that courtship, that's an old word, isn't it? Do we know that word, courtship, courting? My son asked his, the mother of his future bride if he, for permission to court her daughter. She knew what he was talking about. I'm not sure I would have. any rate, courtship, engagement period, the time for planning and the cost of a wedding, it's too much for us today. We can't wait for all of that, and we don't. So we're ignoring statistics. The statistics show that more than half of those couples will not be together in five years. Married couples fare better. Married couples, it, it's less than 20% will not survive five years. So two and a half times more breakups for those who can't wait. Impatience. So if you're immune, watch an old movie, or if you think you're immune, just get out on 526, hear about an accident report, and go pull out onto the freeway. And just see what happens to your patience and your blood pressure. Okay. We are impatient. The Lord, by contrast, has nearly infinite patience. In fact, it's one of his key character traits. It's in all of our lessons this morning. We got the reading from Wisdom today. As Frank said, that's from the Apocrypha. There are 14 books. They're listed in our in our articles of religion, they're in the Roman Catholic Bible as the Word of God, but they're not in Protestant Bibles as the Word of God. We can read them. We read them for interest, uh, for teaching and manners, uh, but not for proclaiming doctrine. But nevertheless, we do read them once in a while. So if you get a book, a name, Tobit or Maccabees or something, you don't recognize it. It's probably from the Apocrypha. And what we, do, what we don't do is base our theology on that reading alone. That's if it's doctrine, it has to be supported elsewhere in Scripture. That's enough on that topic. But that's what wisdom is. This is also called the wisdom of Solomon. And it says essentially that the Lord governs us with great forbearance. Forbearance a great old word for patience. He has power to bring judgment on us whenever he decides to. We deserve it, but he has forbearance. He has patience with us. Our psalm today, which is Psalm 71, which we don't read because we're, excuse me, this is rude, we're too impatient to have four readings on Sunday morning. We only have three, so we drop the psalm, and uh, I do too, I'm with you, uh, but Psalm 71 is our psalm today, and it says, God is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger. He's patient with us, though our hearts and deeds rightly anger him. And then we have Paul in our Romans reading today saying that the Lord's creation, the whole creation, the whole universe was corrupted, subject, subjected to fertility, put in bondage to decay by human sin, and it groans in pain like childbirth and agony of that corruption waiting to be set free. That's the universe in which we live. It longs, it's in groaning in agony, waiting to be restored to its original glori glorious freedom the way God made it. Imagine God's patience. 
his forbearance. Who, when did we break out in sin? Well, I don't know, but it was a good several thousand years before Christ. Adam and Eve in the garden, or you can take it back 200,000, I guess, if you want to. It's been a long time, and he's forborn our rebellion. God's patience. Satan rebelled against God and got man to go along and the entire creation was corrupted. The weeds started growing and we ended up in the mess that we're in and God forbears. He can end us at any time, but he chooses not to. That's Jesus' point in the gospel. Satan's rebellion led man to man's rebellion and results in this world of weeds, people doing evil things, corruption, disease, fallenness, estrangement, alienation, and death, and God is patient. The end of all of that, the end of all evil, the end of uh, disease and suffering and death, the renewal of the whole creation, it's all solely at God's will. It awaits only his word. And it's been 2,000 years since the doors to that kingdom, the kingdom of God, were opened in the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, but God is still waiting. What's he waiting for? Why this amazing forbearance, his delay in ending this evil that surrounds us and restoring us to glory? If you just look around at the world, uh, it's easy to think that... Uh, God made a mistake. I don't think that's a good place to go, but it seems questionable, doesn't it? We have such a load of evil. It's stunning. I could depress us all. I could spend a couple of minutes. I'll spend just a little bit of time and just depress us slightly. <laughs> but you know the statistics. Millions starve to death in our world every year mainly from, not from food shortage, but from conflict-related food, uh, food shortage. Million, a half a million children estimated die annually from starvation and starvation-related disease. Millions around the world die of preventable diseases caused by bad drinking water. You know the headlines, we got suicide bombers, we got mass shootings in the U.S. on an epidemic level. We've got sex trafficking problems, we've got drug addiction, and I haven't even mentioned the tens of millions executed, murdered in the 20th century by evil governments. We've got weeds, and those are just a few, the tip of the iceberg. What is God waiting for? How can he put up with this? Well, Jesus tells us in the gospel, he says that when the reaping starts, when the final judgment, God's final judgment falls on the earth, when the angels start rooting up the weeds, in other words, those who are not of the kingdom of God, those who do not know Jesus Christ, it's irrevocable. It is irrevocable destruction. It can't be reversed. These are going to be gathered up, the weeds, into bundles and thrown in the fiery furnace where there's no escape, there's only weeping and gnashing of teeth. Destruction. And God precludes an early harvest. He says here in the parable to those who want to do the weeding now to get going on this, get rid of the evil, he says, no, 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 you got to wait. He says, if you weed early, you're going to end up gathering some of the wheat up with the weeds. 
In other words, you're going to destroy, in God's terms, some of the sons of the kingdom, some of Jesus' own children, some of us, some believers are going to get caught up in the weeds, amongst the weeds. Now, here's my, here's my supposition. Can God and his harvesters not tell the difference between wheat and weeds? Of course they can. God knows the human heart. He knows who the weeds are and who the wheat is out there in the fields. So why, why wait? Why wait? The problem with an early harvest, here's the problem. Weeds can become wheat. Now, I realize that not literally, of course not. Weed, a weed is a weed, and a weed is weed, and uh, you, know, you can't change. But keep in mind, this is a parable. And what do the weeds and the wheat represent? They represent people. People in the kingdom of God, wheat, and people not in the kingdom of God, weeds. All right? What is the church all about? <laughs> what is the New Testament full of promises about? that weeds can become wheat. That's why we exist, you and I, that we would reach the lost, that we would go find a weed and grab him by the lapels and say, you need Jesus, and hope, pray to heaven that God's timing and that that person will receive Christ as Savior and Lord, and all of a sudden they're wheat. And Jesus is saying, the Father God is not willing to jeopardize the potential salvation of a weed to do it early. He's patient. And apparently in God's infinite wisdom, the suffering and pain and agony and disease and all of that of this world is worth the salvation of the souls that are yet to come to him. He's waiting. In short, God's waiting. What's he waiting for? He's waiting for the weeds. He's waiting for the weeds. He's patient, not wanting to preempt them. Peter says this, 2 Peter chapter 3, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come, says Peter, like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and everything will be laid bare. But in keeping with God's promise, Peter says, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness, he says. So my point this morning, we are impatient. The Lord is not. He is incredibly patient because he loves the weeds, too. He wants them in the kingdom. He's willing to wait that even one more might be saved. So, got two places you might be this morning. Might be a weed this morning. Anybody want to raise their hand? <laughs> I've been a weed. I was a weed. Definitely, definitely a weed. And uh, now I think I'm not. I mean, by the grace of God, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. I think I'm a, I've turned into wheat. Might be, you know, old wheat, but I think it's wheat. <laughs> So, but if you're a weed this morning, and let me put it another way, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, God's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. It's an awesome responsibility you have. 
He's waiting for you. The creation is waiting for you, groaning in travail, the agony of childbirth, he says. That's pretty painful, I understand. Waiting for you, waiting for us, those who are unbelievers, to become believers. And if you're wheat this morning, and I expect most of us are, maybe, we love Jesus, if we're in the kingdom, if we're wheat, then the question is, are we impatient about the wrong things? Are we impatient about the right things? I don't know about you, this, the rest of the sermon is really just directed to me, you can listen in. I think that I'm impatient mostly in life about my own needs and wants. I'm impatient with slow traffic. I hate it when a red light happens in front of me. Traffic snarls. I'm delayed a little. The internet goes down and I'm like ready to shoot somebody. Okay? I'm exaggerating. My wife will say only slightly. Yeah, she's shaking her head. I'm not really exaggerating. I don't have a lot of patience. I don't think that's what we should be impatient about. About my, our own particular problems, issues, personal things. We're not very impatient, at least speaking of myself and maybe of you, with the weeds, with reaching those people around us that don't know Jesus Christ, that God's waiting, waiting for. Mm, maybe he's waiting for us to do something about it. I will admit, I don't believe I can do very much about the, the evil in the world. It's terrible, it's widespread, suffering, disease, pain, corruption, death, murder, it's overwhelming. God alone can set it right, and he says he will. It, it's coming. There's an end to all of that that's coming, and a place, a home of righteousness, as Peter says, that'll be unbelievably wonderful. He promises that end is coming. But by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do something, you can do something, we can do something now about a person. <laughs> somebody we know, somebody that we run across, somebody we shared an elevator with, I don't know, you pick it, that doesn't know Jesus Christ and, and could, might be wheat in the making. I think that's what God is waiting for, that you and I would uh, seek to channel our impatience in another direction. <laughs> Forget the Starbucks line and the traffic snarls. Be at peace. Be impatient with ourselves, perhaps, with our inability or reluctance to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people that need to hear it. Now, I agree completely. If you're mad at me at this point, I'll say just this. I realize that's overwhelming too. I, mean, I, I get it. It's not easy to open up and share your faith. Say, I'm not really called to that. I'm not good at that and so forth. But let me just say it's a matter of prayer. It's a matter of asking the Lord to change our hearts a little bit, to to give us a little courage, to give us a word, to point out to us a person that we might want to talk to, that we might be able to talk to. It's a matter of prayer, asking him to change our hearts. We've got a great old contemporary song. We used to sing something along the lines of, Lord, break my heart with the things that break yours. Great prayer. Pray that and duck. Because <laughs> he will. He'll give us a passion. 
pray for the passion to share. Give us, Lord, give us godly impatience for the task at hand. Show us how to do it. Hasten the day of your coming by fostering weeds to become wheat. Pray with me, please. Lord, I thank you for your word, your parables, how deep they are and how rich. Give us hearts, Lord, to share them, to share your word, to share your love with folks that don't know you. Give us impatience, Lord, to match our passion. In Christ's name, amen.